Now you can find, listen and subscribe to Chilling with Jens and the local Danfoss Climate Solution podcast in your RevTools app. Download it from danfoss.com. Service and support. Downloads. Hi, I'm Jens Andersen and I work for Danfoss Cooling. Thank you for listening in on this podcast, which is the fourth in a series on evaporative refrigeration. This chapter is about the parts or components in a refrigeration system that is vital for the system to work. We'll address the most relevant components first and touch on other components as we go along. Obviously, it's about controlling the evaporation of the refrigerant. We know that. So the one component that controls the evaporation could be regarded as the most important one. That is, of course, the expansion valve. Or should we say the expansion device? Because it could also be a simple reduction in diameter as explained in the earlier chapters. The expansion valve is there to reduce the pressure from the inlet of the valve to the outlet. So you have a high pressure on the inlet side and you have a low pressure on the outlet. But usually the valve would also control the superheat. Now, the superheat is the heat added to the vaporized refrigerant after it has evaporated. If we again compare with water, it would be the additional heat added to the steam. For example, the heat could be 110 degrees Celsius. So, the superheat would be 10 degrees Celsius, or rather 10K, as 10 Kelvin. In the SI system, temperature differences are given in Kelvin, so superheat is a difference from actual evaporation temperature to the temperature of the superheated vapor. The expansion valve will open more if the superheat gets too high and, the, and close if the superheat gets too low. On a mechanical expansion valve, a so-called thermostatic expansion valve, the superheat usually can be set by regulating screw to accommodate sufficient superheat to avoid liquid refrigerant to reach the compressor and low enough for the evaporator to be utilized for the best performance. The expansion valve can also be electronically controlled, which means that the valves opens and closes depending on signals from sensors, typically the pressure or temperature at the outlet of the evaporator, the inlet temperature plus the temperatures of the cooled subject, most likely the air passing through the evaporator. The evaporation process is one thing to control, but obviously controlling the pressure in the system is absolutely essential, so we absolutely need a compressor. The compressor pumps the vaporized refrigerant up to the high pressure required for the condensation and evaporation, so no evaporative cooling without a compressor. The compressor can be of many different types, all depending on what system we are working with. If it's small or big, if it's a domestic fridge, or if it's a cold store for thousands of tons of frozen produce. The most simple type is probably the reciprocating compressor that works with a piston, valves and a sufficient electrical motor. That is typical 
a compressor that sits in your fridge at home, the noisy black, most likely roundish thingy at the back. You can compare the function with a bike pump. You literally push compressed air or vapor out of the outlet valve. Other types of compressors are scroll, centrifugal, screw or rotary types. All of these works by rotational forces as opposed to the reciprocating compressor that works with linear movements. But to keep things simple, we will for now stick to the reciprocating compressor. Later we will address a few other rotational types. The evaporation process happens logically inside the evaporator. And also this component can have many shapes and sizes, again depending of what use it is for. Usually the evaporation happens gradually inside a long tube that can be folded several times to get a surface as big as possible exposed to what needs to be cooled. It could be air, but it could also be brine, it could be salt water or glycol. The idea is that the evaporation will take place all the way through the long tube, exactly so that no liquid is left at the end of the tube and at the same time as much of the tube is being used. It's about the same but with a reverse process that takes place in the condenser. Also, the condenser can be cooled by air or water. Just remember that it's the vapor returning to liquid phase, so it's not so important where the liquid level starts as long as there is sufficient surface for continuous cooling. What also needs to be considered is that the condenser will have a higher operating pressure than the evaporator. All we need now is somehow to control the temperature of the whatever it is we are cooling. And let's still keep it as simple as possible, so we introduce the thermostat. The thermostat can also have many types, sizes and shapes, so again, looking at the most simple version, it's a switch that either turns the compressor on or off, depending on the temperature the sensor is subjected to. Just a few words on how the traditional mechanical Danfoss thermostat works. It's a bellow with a capillary tube filled with refrigerant vapor that reacts to temperature and the bellow push or pulls on a switch. Remember, the higher temperature, the more the refrigerant evaporates and thereby pushes on the bellow. So you simply adjust the switch to turn on the compressor at the highest tem tolerated temperature and switch off again at the lowest temperature. Your old fridge at home will typically be switch on at say six degrees Celsius and off again at about 2-3 degrees Celsius. But you can adjust that by turning the knob inside the fridge. You know, top right, whatever. So now we have a fully functional refrigeration system with all the essential components. Extremely simple, but it will work on a small scale. Next time, in the fifth chapter, we'll tell you a bit more about the expansion valve itself, how the mechanical or thermostatic expansion valve will function, and what to take into consideration when working with thermostatic expansion valves. This podcast was brought to you by Danfoss Cooling. Please feel welcome to visit us at danfoss.com and maybe sign up for some of our cool e-learning classes. Thank you. Thank you.